Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. Go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Get your free study guide on the top 200 drugs. Simply uh, an email will get you access uh, to that free resource. And obviously, we'll get you updates when we've got uh, new podcasts available as well as other new content. So uh, go check that out at reallifepharmacology.com. All right, the drug of the day today is ropinerol or brand name Requip. This drug is classified as a dopamine agonist. Uh, with that said, what dopamine receptors from a mechanism of action standpoint, does ropinerol bind? Uh, it primarily binds uh, D3 receptors, uh, but it also does uh, have some binding to D2 receptors. So if you remember mechanistically um, and from a drug class perspective, antipsychotics block dopamine 2 receptors. And a drug like ropinerol actually activates or agonizes. It uh, stimulates the D2 receptor. So these two drugs can really uh, kind of cause opposing type effects. So that's definitely an important thing to remember. And if you can remember uh, some of the adverse effects of antipsychotics, you can expect, or what the antipsychotics treat, you can expect ropinerol to have some uh of the opposite type activity. And we'll get into that when I talk about uh, adverse effects, especially. All right, let's talk about indications. So um, first and foremost, this drug was, I believe, initially created to manage Parkinson's symptoms. Having that dopamine action, remember Parkinson's, it's a lack of dopamine action. Uh, in the brain. So it makes sense that ropinerol could potentially be helpful for Parkinson's. Now with that, uh, carbidopa levodopa is really the gold standard for treatment of Parkinson's. So in my practice, I really don't see it used very often for Parkinson's disease. The other primary indication for ropinerol is restless leg syndrome or RLS as it's frequently abbreviated. Uh, one thing with dosing between these two indications uh, that you can usually pick it up 99% of the time, uh, if you see ropinerol, immediate release, there is an extending release product too, but uh, immediate release is used far more commonly. If you see that immediate release dosed once daily and particularly at night, 
you know, 99% of the time, uh, that indication is going to be for restless leg syndrome. Okay, so that's definitely an important thing uh, to, to remember. Um, in my practice, like I said, I see it used way more commonly for RLS than for Parkinson's disease. Now, with that said, it it I would say five or ten years ago, like it was automatically the go-to uh, first choice for anyone with RL symptoms when we've RLS symptoms when we've ruled out other things, and I'll talk about that a little bit too in uh, monitoring. Uh, but they have. Um, I wouldn't say fallen out of favor, but the gabapentinoids are definitely um, being used a little bit more often as a potential first-line option as well. So that's like your gabapentin and, and pregabalin. So um, for RLS symptoms, uh, drugs like dopamine agonists, like ropinerol, and the gabapentinoids are the, the drugs most commonly used for those type of symptoms. All right, let's get into adverse effects. So if you remember what antipsychotics do that can help you remember uh, the opposite of what ropinerol might cause here. So understanding that we've got dopamine agonist activity from an adverse effect profile, uh, you should recognize that nausea and vomiting are real common. And this kind of aligns with uh, carbidopa levodopa as well. Uh, again, this is a dose-dependent adverse effect. So if you've got somebody on a, a baby dose of ropinerol at 0.25 milligrams once a day, that incidence of nausea and vomiting is going to be much lower than a patient that's maybe on 1, 2, 3 milligrams a day, for example. So again, uh, remember the dose-dependent nature of these adverse effects. Also, to help you remember that, uh, if you remember some antipsychotics uh, like olanzapine, uh, other dopamine blocking agents like metoclopramide, those can be used to help treat nausea. So you can imagine ropinerol with its opposite effects of antipsychotics is going to induce nausea and vomiting as its adverse effect profile. Another important adverse effect to look out for is hypotension. Uh, if you go look at the package insert, I believe it says either hypotension or hypertension can happen. Um, in my experience, uh, hypotension is much more concerning and something we need uh, to pay attention to, particularly if you've got uh, elderly patients uh, with dizziness and fall risk and all that sort of stuff. So uh, pay attention to that blood pressure for sure. Uh, it's another reason why we don't get crazy aggressive with the starting dose. Um, well, we could run into nausea and vomiting a little bit more quickly without proper titration, but we could also uh, send that blood pressure down a little bit quicker too and put them at risk for falls and things like that. Uh, other adverse effects, uh, fatigue, sedation, that can definitely happen with these agents. Uh, and then of course, again, relating it back to antipsychotics and kind of opposite effects, uh, we can cause hallucinations and impulse control behavioral issues um, like gambling and excessive eating and things like that. Um, again, not crazy common, and as the dose escalates, it's probably a little bit more likely. Um, but if you see some uh, unique behavioral things happening with a patient that maybe you've just started this on or increased the dose, 
uh, it definitely should be considered as a potential cause. And I also wanted to mention um, that it is recommended to taper off this medication. So uh, in practice, I've seen a lot of patients um, on a drug like Rapinerol for restless leg syndromes, and maybe they haven't had any symptoms for years. It's like, well, that's a patient where we can try to uh, reduce polypharmacy, get that patient off that medication, um, but we're going to want to taper that down. And it's recommended uh, to do that over at least seven days. Uh, my opinion, um, being you know more conservative, as long as they're not having adverse effects or anything like that, um, you know, I would probably do it over a few weeks or maybe a few months uh, in some situations if they've been on it for a really long time, and or maybe they're at a really high dose as well. So again, important to avoid uh, that risk for uh, withdrawal type symptoms with this medication. So, and some of those withdrawal type symptoms, if you do have a patient that just you know, maybe they've been on it a long time and they just stop at cold turkey, uh, anxiety, uh, insomnia, uh, depression, maybe a, you know, a burst in pain, that type of thing. Uh, so those are some common uh, withdrawal symptoms that you could possibly see. All right, uh, monitoring parameters. Obviously, you're going to follow restless leg symptoms um, and make sure that they're improving. If they're not improving, let's get rid of the drug. Um other things to think about, blood pressure, you know, I mentioned that hypotension risk, that is certainly going to be something you're going to want to monitor. Uh, and one other thing, maybe even before you start a dopamine agonist, you've got to assess iron stores and check labs like ferritin, okay? Iron deficiency can increase the risk for restless leg type symptoms, okay? So we have to check iron first. We don't want to use an potentially unnecessary drug uh, in a patient that, you know, may be short of a supplement like iron. Okay, really, really important uh, to assess that in patients with restless leg syndrome. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study materials like BCPS, ambulatory care, BCMTMS, geriatrics, NAPLEX, Go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. Your support there, your purchases there will not only help you pass your exam, uh, but also help support this podcast and obviously future generations of pharmacy students, nursing students, med students uh, who want to pick up some practice pearls on pharmacology. Speaking of pharmacology, I've got a brand new book out, Meded 101 Guide to Nursing Pharmacology. Uh, I've got some really nice ratings from people already uh, who have really enjoyed the book, found it really, really helpful. Uh, this is going to be a great resource for anyone going through pharmacology courses. I've designed it as basically a quick bullet point type reference categorized by uh, disease state. And I've also threw in some bonus questions at the end where you can kind of test yourself and make sure that you're uh, retaining some of the, the knowledge. So if you're looking for a big, long, wordy textbook, uh, this is not your book, The Med Ed 101 Guide to Nursing Pharmacology. Uh, if you're looking for quick hitters, some of the most important things that are tested on, as well as some of the most important things you're going to see in clinical practice, uh, this is a, a great reference guide for you. And you can find that uh, at meded101.com slash store under our Amazon Books tab, or you can search, it, uh, search for it on Amazon as well, of course.
All right, let's wrap up with drug interactions. So first and foremost, I alluded to it with mechanism of action. Dopamine agonists and antipsychotics can kind of create this yin-yang type of effect where they're opposing each other's action. Okay, antipsychotics block dopamine. Dopamine agonists were stimulating some of those dopamine receptors. So they can definitely counteract and oppose each other's effects. So pay attention to that and make sure we're using medications properly. Hypotension, uh, think about that. Additive effects, uh, drugs like PDE5 inhibitors, so your sildenafils. Obviously, any drug that can lower blood pressure that we're using for hypertension management, uh, adding on a dopamine agonist could have additive type effects there. And then the last one I wanted to mention uh, was CYP1A2. So ropinirol is broken down to a significant extent by CYP1A2. Uh, there are a list of quite a few drugs that inhibit CYP1A2, but I would say uh, that list isn't really commonly used drugs. Um, so it definitely might be something you want to look up. Um, however, one of the most common drugs that inhibits CYP1A2 is ciprofloxacin. So in the situation of, you know, maybe you've got somebody with, you know, pyelonephritis or something like that, that we're treating, we're using ciprofloxacin for, uh, that adding on that drug could increase the, the concentrations of ropinirol and obviously increase the risk of that adverse effect profile, hypotension, hallucinations, nausea and vomiting. Um, so that definitely is something to be aware of because, um, you know, quinolones like ciprofloxacin are used uh, on a somewhat uh, regular basis for various types of infection. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, share us with colleagues, classmates, students, preceptors. Um, share the Real Life Pharmacology podcast uh, by email, social media, however you want to do it. I greatly appreciate that, uh, helping to share and spread education. Uh, Leave a rating review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you are listening on. Uh, That helps us get exposure as well and and allows us to reach more uh, medical students, pharmacy students, nursing students, and and so on. So uh, with that, support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. We've always got a growing list of resources there. Uh, that can help you uh, with uh, various pharmacology practice items as well as board exams potentially. And if you want to reach out to me, Eric Christensen, uh, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Otherwise, mededucation101 at gmail.com is my uh, primary email, and I do my best uh, to try to uh, reply to everybody that I can. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.